Welcome to a new season of Retrain Your Brain with me, Dr. Audrey Tang. I'm a chartered psychologist and a trainer, and I specialize in giving you simple, accessible, practical tools to achieve everything you want out of life. And in this season, I am thrilled to introduce to you many guest experts whom I've had the pleasure of learning from, and I hope that you will benefit from their expertise too. I wanted to talk a little bit about how to get back on the social scene. I saw a fab meme on social media which read, until my life didn't change in the pandemic, I never realized how unsociable I was. Now, if that sounds like you and you're wanting to reach out a little bit more, then keep listening. While Robin Dunbar suggests that we can manage around 150 acquaintances, and of those, 35 are relatively close friends, we actually only have 10 close friendships, which we actively maintain. And of those, five are ride or die types. And it's not so much that we add friends over time, but we do and can replace them. So that's the first thing to start thinking about when it comes to how social we want to be or become. Certainly for myself, as someone who can pretty much say, well, I have maintained the numbers, I have noticed the new friends I have in many ways have superseded those that were there before. And so I thought I'd look at how we do make new friends if we do want to reach out, but also if we are going to, then it's probably as important to make sure those friends are good for us. So let's look at the basics. Making friends at work, offer to help out. This might be with events or places where you might meet people. You can be part of a team organizing it and enjoy the event at the same time. Regular volunteers, for example, say that the things that they enjoy are actually knowing the people who are going to be there each time they go to volunteer. You might want to take advantage of any events organized by work, fitness classes, art classes, training, because these will help you meet people outside your department. Although I still remember that I joined the Ballroom and Latin American Dance Society at university and found it was largely run by and attended by medics who had all gone to join ballroom dancing just to meet someone other than another medic. Another thing you can do is try to steer the conversation to slightly more personal topics, nothing too deep, but ask about family, ask about hobbies, rather than just talking about what was on TV last night. But beware of how personal you do want to go or how personal you want to take that conversation when it comes to you divulging anything. And accept invitations, because even if you're not sure you're going to enjoy the event, it's something new. And remember, as an adult, you can always leave if you don't like it. Different tips will include improving our practical skills, notably our conversation skills. Now, it's okay if you don't want to have a conversation, but if you do, try an active positive response such as, oh, that's so interesting. Why did you do that? How did you do that? What did you do? Rather than something that is actively destructive, such as that was a stupid question or why did you ask that? Alternatively though, a passive positive response can close a conversation while still being polite. 
For example, oh, that's so interesting. Thanks for sharing. That can be particularly helpful if we're worried about networking events and feeling that we can't move on from someone who seems to have grabbed hold of us. And another skill that's overlooked is learning to listen. There are four levels of listening as well. And this can be presented as a triangle from the top down because it denotes that if you're doing the first level, you're not taking in too much information. It's the top bit of the triangle. Now, those four levels are hearing, where we're thinking about something else, a very little goes in. Listening, we can probably repeat the last few words, but we may not know exactly what the meaning was of what was being conveyed. Active listening, where we actually interact with the information, we are focused, concentrating, we ask questions, and we can take in so much more. And deep listening, this is almost like listening between the lines, and we might get a very full sense of what's happening if we do this. But don't worry, this level is usually reserved for professionals such as coaches or teachers or the medical and legal professions. So don't think I have to use this casually all the time. But do remember there are three mistakes we make when listening. So try to avoid those. If we're nervous, we are more likely to do this one. And that is rehearse. You're rehearsing what you're going to say rather than actually listening. If this is you, try to listen and see if you can then springboard off where the other person stops rather than bring it back round to you if you suddenly thought of a response early on in the story. Second mistake, evaluating, which is where you're listening, but simply to criticize the speaker. And this can include fault finding. You can be listening in order to catch someone out. You might need to ask yourself why you're needing to be so critical and what that might be doing to the relationship. And Realistically, if you're only spending time with that person to wind them up, is that really the best use of your time and energy? Aren't you better off finding some new people? Or derailing, and that's making it all about you. You might try and top their experience with one of your own. That sort of, oh, you think that was bad? Well, I. Or you make a big deal about it if you were in that situation, the sort of a what about me approach. Again, you might need to do a little bit of soul searching to think about why you need to find your validation in someone else's experience, as well as why you're reluctant to let other people have their moment. So do try to practice active listening, which is the, the third level of listening. And here you can ask questions, open questions, those that begin with who, what, why, where, when, or how, because they elicit detail. And they are really great ways of keeping that conversation going, should you want to. But ultimately, when it comes to seeking new friendships or getting back on the social scene and knowing who to see again after you had a great time with them, maybe at the bar, know what type of people you want to attract. So look carefully, first of all, at your current relationships and ask yourself, well, which ones of these are reciprocal? Which ones bring me joy? Which ones encourage honesty? On which ones can I rely? And with whom can I be most myself and authentically me? Also, you might want to ask which people are those that I respect for their values and actions? And then also ask yourself, what type of relationship will actually make you happy? You don't have to put a specific person there. In fact, it's better that you don't because like it or not, other people's choices to be our friend are always going to be their own. But you can have an idea of the type of values you want to see in that person. Set out those values 
know what you're not willing to accept and look at the values that you want them to recognize in you and then focus on living your values and hopefully you'll find those that share those values those outlooks will be drawn to you and that's all we have time for but do check out some of the earlier episodes for 10 minutes on my couch with more practical tips or else my youtube channel dr audrey tang tools to thrive and you can catch more guest experts on my radio show on n live radio which is the well-being lounge tuesday nights at 9 p.m